You are listening to a live broadcast from Faith Worship Center in Portia, Arkansas. First Corinthians chapter 10, going to go verses 1 through 4. The Apostle Paul is the writer here, and he would write, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you would be ignorant how that all of our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and did all eat the same spiritual meat. And did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Verse 4, one more time. And did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. We have been talking about it. I've been teaching on it a little bit on Wednesday night. And tonight, again, I just can't get away from it. I want to keep it before you. And so maybe we help Wednesday night to answer some questions and uh, make, uh, make things maybe just a little more clear. But tonight, I'm going to use for a title, Water from the Rock, and we're going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Will you bow your head and will you help me pray? Father, I love you tonight, and I thank you, God, for your grace and for your mercy and love. And I thank you, Lord for one more opportunity to be able to stand here, God, and to preach your already anointed word. I'm thankful for every individual, every family that is represented. And Lord, my prayer is at this moment that our our ears would be open to hear, hearts open to receive. And Lord, that you would anoint me and help me. And Lord, we're praying for signs and wonders to follow. And that sign and wonders, God, tonight to be for those to be filled, God, and refilled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we ask it all in the name of Jesus Christ, and everybody says, Amen. In the portion of the letter to the church of Corinth, Paul would take the church back to the exodus out of Egypt when God's people would come out of the bondage, out of the rule of Pharaoh, and make their way to the promised land. I want you to think about some things tonight as we look into this spiritual rock. For this journey to be successful and for Israel to get to the promised land, there would have to be faith on the part of God's people in order to head out across a wilderness. And there would also have to be a lot of miracles that come from the Lord. I want you to think about that. If they were going to make it to the promised land, there would have to be a lot of faith on the part of God's people. They're heading out across a desert, a desert land. And then there would have to be God who would perform miracles and provide for them and their ever need. If they would not have disobeyed God, if they would have kept the course, this journey would have still been a journey that would have lasted two years. But because of their disobedience, because uh, they chose to murmur and complain and God couldn't bring them into the promised land with that, with that mindset that the, the journey lasted for 40 years. There would be a lot of faith, there would be a lot of miracles, and I want to ask you a question tonight because again, I want to get you thinking and we're going to look at some text. Do you understand or do you know what a miracle is? Do you know what a miracle is? If you would have to define a miracle, how would you define it? And how would you tell somebody, explain to them what a miracle is? 
By definition, a miracle would be something that would defy all laws of nature and all laws of science. A miracle would be something that had zero contribution from man or zero understanding from man in regards to how that that would happen. I want you to keep this in mind because there's many, when we talk about the baptism of the Spirit, there's many that are trying to wrap their mind around it and they're trying to get some understanding. But what we know about it, according to the Word of God, is that it's a miracle, a blessing that is from the Lord. And if it's a miracle, a gift, then understanding and miracle is not going to go together. It's just not going to happen. It's going to defy all laws of science, and it's going to defy all laws of natural man, which means that you can't make it come together. Something else I want you to think about is when the 120 were in that upper room, when they were there waiting on the promise from the Father, all they had was a command. I want you to think about all the teaching and all of the understanding they had about the baptism of the Spirit that was going to come to them. They didn't have none. All they have was a command. Go and wait for the promise. What is that promise supposed to look like? What is that promise supposed to feel like? What is that promise supposed to do when the Holy Spirit is poured out upon us? They had the prophecy from the prophet Joe, but they had no understanding. Church, I'm trying to get a point because Wednesday night I asked a question and one of the questions, the answers to the question in regards to why people reject the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the main answer and even the answer that I got later on from people texting and telling me is that I think that people just don't understand it and that would be that would be an order people just don't understand and church tonight I'm trying to get you to understand this it's not for you to understand it's for you to believe a miracle comes because you believe not because you understand the truth is it's for you and for your family the truth is it's still available the truth is the prophecy of Joel is still just as real today as it was on the day Day of Pentecost. So I want to ask you tonight, are you going to understand it or are you going to believe it? We look and we keep that in mind in Exodus chapter number 17. I wish I had a rod or a stick. I thought there was one up here, but I guess there's not. But in Exodus chapter number 17, we have the first mention of this rock. Now watch this. We're going to go to Exodus 17, verse number 5 and verse number 6. Where's the stick we had? We were closing the vents. We don't know. It just, man, that stick grew legs and walked off. In Exodus, back there where the base is. Can you find it for me? Exodus chapter 17, verse 5 and verse number 6. Watch this. The Lord said unto Moses, Go on before the people, take thee the elders of Israel and thy rod, wherewith thou smitest the, smotest the river, take in thy hand and go. That's what he said. Don't worry about it. Verse number 6, he says, Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it, and the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. Now watch this. The setting is this. We're only a few days from when they parted the Red Sea on dry ground, and they watched as the Lord rolled back the water, dried up the ground. Not only did he do that, he swallowed up all 
all of the enemies of Egypt that came after them. He'd done all of this. I mean, they were so excited. When they got over on the other side of the river, they were singing praises to Moses, praises to the Lord. They were shouting. They were having them just a, I'm going to say a Pentecostal fit because that's what I am. They were having a glorious time. And they got thirsty. And they got mad. And they began to murmur. And they began to complain. And I want to tell you how worried Moses was when Moses got away with them and got alone with God. He said, God, I'm afraid they're about to stone me and kill me. That's how mad they was. Just a few days. They've seen all these miracles in just a few days. They're that mad and they're murmuring and complaining. Now don't throw stones at them because we do the same thing. It don't take long for us to forget what the Lord has done for us. And all of a sudden, I want you to see this picture. And that's why I was wanting uh, the rod, the stick. But I want you to see this picture. The Lord said this, Moses, I'm going to show you a rock. I'm going to stand before you, but I'm going to show you a rock. Take with you some elders and walk over to this rock. A rock of all things. A rock of all things. Water's going to flow from a rock of all things. Got to be a miracle. Because if any of y'all's thirsty, I've never seen y'all walk out of the parking lot and pick up a rock. He said, I want you to take the staff, the same staff that I've been working through. A staff was a type of the Word of God. I want you to take the Word, and I want you to go over to this rock. And when you get there, I want you to smite the rock. I don't know what Moses was thinking, but if I was thinking something, I was thinking if I'm going to smite that rock, I'm going to have to break it somewhere. It's going to have to be broken if water's going to flow out of that rock. Moses walks over to the rock. He smites the rock with everything that is in him, and all of a sudden, water don't just flow out. We find it in a different place. We'll show you in just a little bit, but water begin to gush out like a river. You need to know tonight that there was over three million people that came out of Israel and they brought with them their animals. They brought their family. They brought every, all of their livestock. And there was enough water that gushed out of a rock to water three mil, over three million people, three million men counting wives and children, all of their animals and everything in the middle of a desert. A water flowed from a rock enough to give them rest and refreshing so that they could keep going. Exodus chapter number 17. The next time we see this rock is Numbers chapter number 20. Verse number 7. The Lord spoke unto Moses, and he's saying this. I'm going to flip there just because I can read it quicker if I look in my Bible, but I want you to follow along with me in the screen. But in verse number, uh, where are we at? Verse number 8. Verse number 8, he says, I want you to take the rod, gather the assembly together, you and Aaron and your brother, and spoke unto the rock, or, or, or speak Watch this, speak unto the rock before their eyes. It shall give you forth its water. You shall bring forth them water out of the rock. So you shall give to the congregation and their beasts to drink. Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded. Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. And he said unto them, here now you rebels. Watch this, now Moses is mad. You bunch of rebels. That's what he tells them. You rebels, watch this. Must we fetch you water out of this rock? Moses lifted up his hand and with his rod he smote the rock twice, two times. And water came out abundantly and the congregation drank and their beasts also. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron because you believe me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore you shall not bring this congregation into the land that I've given them. This is the water, Meribah, because the children of Israel stove with the Lord and 
he sanctified in them. Moses went back to that rock when he got there. He's so mad. He's calling them names. You bunch of rebels. He said, I want your attention. Brings Aaron with him. And not just one time, but he takes that rod and smokes two times. Now, God didn't fault the children of Israel because of Moses' disobedience. Water still flowed from the rock. But when it was all done, God pulls Moses aside and he says, Whoa! I didn't what I told you to do. You're not going to lead the children of Israel into the promised land because you disobeyed me. You see where Moses broke one law? He broke one law. And he couldn't go, you want to live by law or grace? He broke one law and God said, you're not going. Water still flowed from this rock because he didn't cheat the children of Israel just because of Moses' anger and his disobedience. Here's the type. The rock is a type of Christ. I'm going to bring that to you. We read it, 1 Corinthians. That rock, can you bring it back up? Verse number 4. Did all drink the same spiritual drink? They drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. For 40 years, there was a rock that followed the children of, of Israel all the way through the wilderness, stayed with them. And any time they needed rest or refreshing because of their journey, there was a rock that was ready to gush out water that would bring spiritual drink to them and rest and refreshing, not just for them, but also for their beast. That rock was Christ. That's the type. The water that flowed from the rock is a type of the Holy Spirit. It's a type of the Holy Spirit of God that came from the rock. Here's what you need to know. When Moses smote the rock, that's a type of Jesus Christ going to the cross of Calvary. He was crucified. They, they, they didn't just beat him with a scourge. They placed a crown of thorns upon his head. They mocked him. They spit in his face. They plucked his beard. All of these things. Uh, they ripped his garment off of him. They got him to the cross. They nailed him to the cross. Raised him up for everybody to see. See, he was, he was, listen, listen, he would literally bore our transgression. He was wounded for our stripes. Moses smiting the rock is a type of Jesus Christ dying on the cross of Calvary. But when Moses went the second time and, G and, and, and smote the rod tw rock twice, the reason God said, whoa, he greatly, he greatly, distorted the type of the rock that was smitten and the water that would flow because he smote the rock the next time and the Lord said, uh-uh. No, all you got to do is smite it. In other words, this, Jesus Christ will never have to go back to the cross again. When he comes back to receive his church, church, listen to me, they will not take him to a scourge or whipping post ever again. He'll be wearing a crown, but it won't be a crown of thorns. He will be, won't be coming in on a donkey. He'll be riding in on a war horse or a white horse. And when he comes, it won't be in a humble and meek way. It will be in a way to take all authority over the power of all of the darkness of this world. I want you to understand, he died on the cross once and for all. It was a finished work, a completed work. He don't have to go back to Calvary. He won't never shed his blood again. And the Lord said, don't smite the rock again. That's over. That's done with. Speak to that rock and water will flow. What's that mean? I go to him humbly and say, Lord, 
Lord, I'm sorry, forgive me, but this is my petition that I ask of you. And if we ask in faith, if you ask anything in faith in his name, according to his will, God shall give it. And that's what he was trying to get the people of Israel to see. That's the type. The rock is Christ. The water that flowed from the rock is a type of the Holy Spirit. When Moses smote it, that was a type of Jesus dying on the cross of Calvary. When he smote it the second time, that was a big no-no. Uh-uh. Because he had greatly, uh, 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 greatly distorted, obligated the type that it was. So we couldn't enter the promised land. Water flowed like a river in the middle of a desert for 40 years from a rock. Psalms chapter 105 and verse number 4 or 41. He opened the rock and the waters literally gushed out. They ran in the dry places like a river. Anybody else be like me and want to run behind that rock and see where that water is coming from? The water literally gushed. It just gushed out. Nothing was going to stop it. And it done it. In the dry places, just like a river, in the middle of a desert, there was a river that began to flow from a rock. What I want you to know and what I want you to understand is that in regards to the water flowing from a rock, in regards to anybody needing rest and refreshing, because there was over 3 million people, and nobody was going to be going in need. Nobody was going to go thirsty. Anybody and everybody that wanted a drink from the water of life could have a drink of it because... There was water that would continue to gush out from the rock. Here's what I want you to know and understand, not understand, but believe. Think about what I'm about to say because it's one of the most simplest things I could say, but I want you to think about it. Nevertheless, none of you have ever went out there and picked up a rock to get a drink out of. Nevertheless, this is true. This is true. Water came from a rock. That rock followed them for 40 years. And any time they grew thirsty, there was water that would gush out enough to give rest and refreshing to over 3 million people and all of their livestock. Listen, this is true. It happened. It happened then, and the type is just as real and in the New Testament, John chapter 7, verse 37 through 39, I want you to see this. On the last day, on the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And he believeth on me, as the Scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This he spake of the Spirit, which they that believed on him, watch this, should receive. They should receive it. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Water never flowed from that rock until the rock was first smitten. The Holy Spirit was not given in the fullness that it is now until Jesus went to the cross of Calvary. Here's the picture, and I'm going to hush. On that great day of the feast, go back to verse number 37. On that great day of the feast, Bible scholars differ again on the picture and exactly what happened. I've kind of formed in my own mind what we know about that day of the feast and the action of the priest. Somewhere along the front row here, somewhere, Jesus was sitting. He'd made his way up to the great day of the feast and he, he'd parked himself up toward the front and he's sitting there. 
Now, everybody knew when he talked, and everybody listened when he talked because he spoke like no other had ever spoke to them before. So he had their full attention. But as they begin the, the, the great day of the feast, when they begin the Feast of the Tabernacles, here's what we know about it. They begin with singing songs. Jesus, again, he's sitting on the front row somewhere. They started singing a song. Uh, most believe, and it's according to Psalms, it was a song called the Great Hosanna. Great Hosanna. They were glorifying Jesus, though they didn't all know that he was sitting on the front row there in their midst ready for them. And as they were singing this song, they were waiting for the song to get just about over. They started one other song. And as they started the other song, the priest there, he got a golden vessel. That golden vessel was full of water. He walked up and around, uh, uh, around in front of them was an altar. The Bible says, the history says, not history, Bible says that they walked around as they were singing. He walked around this altar seven times. As he walked around this altar seven times, they knew to come, a, come to a close to start tapering off their song. The reason that he walked around the altar seven times is because God's number of completion is the number seven. The number seven meant and really it literally meant that what the priest was about to do was a complete work, that it was finished and that it was over. And now the priest is walking around. They're coming to the end of their song. They're getting ready. They have somebody else. He comes. He lays coals upon the altar. The coals that they laid upon the altar was a type of the judgment of God. Meaning it was this. It was a type of the judgment that Jesus Christ would take for us on the cross of Calvary. After the coals were laid, he walked around seven times. And the song was coming to a close. There's a ramp of some sort that is coming. Down to uh, past the coals, there's a ramp here, some sort, and I believe that it's a literal ramp that the priest made himself up to. When he got up to the ramp uh, where he could, was in front of all of the people, and everybody is watching. When they got to the end of the song, the priest then took the golden vessel. Gold is a type of purity. Water can only flow uh, through something that is pure. Uh, that's why water flowing from the rock that is Christ uh, is a perfect. Uh, well, it's a perfect type. And water can flow through you if your faith is in Christ and what you've done on the cross of Calvary. The priest made his way up to that ramp and then he began to pour out that water. And that water made its way down to the ramp. It hit the coals. There was smoke that came from the coals. But when that water flowed down from the rock, the priest would say this. He began to build down that ramp. The priest would say, if any man thirst." If any man thirst, let him come. But on this day, he got to the part where he's just about to pour it out of the ramp. Jesus sitting on the front row when he's fixing to pour the water out he got up he made his way up here as to, as to show them that he was the son of God he takes the vessel he turns it and he pours it down the ramp and on this day the water never stopped it kept flowing and Jesus was shouting if any man thirst if any man thirst if any man thirst if any man thirst out of your belly shall flow rivers of living Living water. Praise the Lord. Out of your belly. Jesus, what did he do? He allowed the priest to do his part. They went around. It was a finished work. The coal represented the judgment. The water coming out. All of a sudden, Jesus is saying, Now, I'm the one that fulfilled everything. After I go to the cross of Calvary, here's what you need to know. There is a gift. Acts 2 and 38. 
There is a gift of the Holy Spirit, and to any man that thirsts, he can come and receive this gift of the Holy Spirit. Would you stand with me? Come on, team. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We still believe tonight, Lord, though we may not understand everything, we believe that there's still water that flows from a rock that is made available to every believer, God, that will believe upon you. We believe tonight, Lord, that that promise is for us, for our children, and to all that the Lord thy God shall call. And that call went out to whosoever will. There's not a believer here, God, that, that, that you've not made the available the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's not a believer here, God, that you have not uh, went to the cross of Calvary so that they could receive this great gift. Lord, I call upon you tonight in the name of Jesus, and I ask, God, as we begin to play and we begin to sing, God, that I would have a believer, maybe even a child, maybe a teenager, that would desire this gift of the Holy Spirit that you've made available to each and every one of us. Lord, no doubt in my mind you're going to be faithful tonight. No doubt that you're going to do your part, Lord. God, as we come to you with a ready heart, ready to receive, Lord, I'm asking you to feel and refill, baptized with the power of the Holy Ghost. And we ask it all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Now, Lord, we are the ones called by your name. Come on, worship with me just a moment. Hallelujah. Will we humble ourselves now as we pray? Will we now sing every sin and wicked way? Oh, we lift our voice, we seek your face and say, Hallelujah. Lord, send the rain. worship just a moment. Hallelujah. We humble, we humble ourselves down as we pray. Hallelujah. Oh, we now sing sin and wicked ways. Hallelujah. We lift our voice. Now we lift our voice. We seek our face and say. Come on, somebody worship him tonight. In the rain, hallelujah. Oh, Lord, pour out your spirit. Oh, and let the fire fall. Heal us one and all. Oh, fresh on me. Come on, Lord, it's in the rain. Oh, and Lord, it's in the rain. Hallelujah. 
tonight as they're still playing you hear and you've never been filled with the spirit according to Acts 2 and 4 with the evidence of praying in another tongue maybe you're here and it's been a while and you need a refreshing it's scriptural according to the book of Acts for us to lay our hands upon believers and to pray for them that they would receive the spirit it's the greatest gift that God has ever given to the church it's rest and refreshing to you, a great blessing. It's still available today. And I believe that if Jesus went to the cross and paid that price so that you could have it, why not receive it tonight? Amen? Well, if that's you tonight, we're going to ask you just to come and stand across the front. Maybe you've never received. Maybe it's been a while. But we want to pray for you that God would fill you right now. Cut in wherever you want to cut in. I just want you to begin to worship. Hallelujah. Come on, worship if you come. Worship tonight with us. Let that be your prayer. We'll pour out the Spirit. Hallelujah. Let your fire fall. Heal us one and all. Need some spirit-filled believers. Come on, help me. Gather around your brother, your sister tonight. Come on, lift your hands and worship him tonight. Hallelujah. Come on, pray in the spirit. Come on, pray for them in the spirit. Hallelujah. Come on now. We lift our voice. We seek your face and say, Lord, send the rain. We'll pour out your spirit. We'll let the fire fall. Heal us one and all. Oh, fresh on me.
tonight God with this on our mind and our heart surely we're in the presence of the Lord I pray that not just some but that every believer would have a desire to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit God we may not understand it all but if we'll believe it Lord you can do in us and through us what you desire to do I'm asking in Jesus name that you would continue God Lord, to build our hunger for that, Lord. Let us be a church that is spirit-filled, a church that is reaching out, Lord, and allowing you to work through us in a fullness, Lord, being hindered by nothing. Lord, we ask it all in the name of Jesus Christ, and we say amen and amen. If you were blessed by this message or you need prayer, please email us at faithworshipcenterar at gmail.com.